everyone, and welcome to another episode of Every Which Way. My name is Dana, and if I were a fruit, I would be a kiwi. There you go. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm a little tired. I, uh, to give a little behind the scenes, I am recording this Saturday night, and, uh, I work today, which wasn't supposed to, doesn't normally, but it was overtime and it was great, you know, loved that. Um, but I'm just really, really tired. And I just ate some delicious chicken Alfredo from Domino's and I have a nice gold peak sweet tea here. And I got some Palo Santo incense burning and I am just, it's nice. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling full and satisfied, but I'm not going to lie. I am tired. And, um, normally I, I record these episodes a day ahead. So I would have been doing it tomorrow, Sunday, but I wanted to kind of take Sunday to rejuvenate and recuperate because again, tired from working and I also kind of pulled a muscle in my lower back and I've been aching all week. So yeah, that's how that's how my life is going. Um how are you guys doing? How's how's everything been been going? What you drinking or eating? How how have you been? Are you enjoying this nice seven low 70 degree weather that we're having here in South Central Pennsylvania? I know I am. Love me some nice cool weather. Uh, so today is the Maybon episode and I'm just going to get right into it. All right, here we go. Maybon. Also referred to as Pagan Thanksgiving by some Wiccans and or Pagan Easter by those who recognize and or Follow the dying god mythos related to the Sabbath. And I will get into that. Maybon is a time to give thanks for our food, as well as the sacrifices made for survival. It's the fall or autumnal equinox. And an equinox, by the way, is when the plane of the Earth's equator passes the center of the sun. And this occurs twice a year the spring and fall equinox. I know that I, I've i known about the spring and fall equinox, but I never knew what an equinox was until a little while ago. So there, just, just in case. Um, Maybon celebrations typically span over two to three days, even more depending on the culture. And it's usually a representation of farmers and gardeners hauling their harvest into storage. It's a big time for baking, pickling, uh, st- stacking, preserving, and winnowing for the upcoming winter. During this time, the sun enters Libra, and Libra is the sign of careful judgment and balance, which matches perfectly for preparing for the rough winter months ahead. A big thing back in the ye olden days were questions relating to what to store, what to consume, 
What can one safely go without during the winter? What should be left to decay? And what to plant in the spring? So much as much like all of the other Sabbaths, most of them actually, it Maybon was a time of celebration, but also a preparation time. And with Maybon in Libra, it's a time to reflect on the past year and take an honest look at what needs letting go. Now, how did Maybon get its name? Well, well, listen up, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right, right, gosh, diddly do now. Actually, I'll tell you after I click this thing off of my computer, that way so it's not looking at me. I don't like the way it looks at me. Oh. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> anyway. It was originally coined by a fellow named Aidan Kelly. And he was trying to name the quarter Sabbaths. So if we go back to the Wheel of the Year, the there's the quarter Sabbaths and the cross quarter Sabbaths. And Maybon is a quarter Sabbath. And he wanted to kind of keep it consistent with Gaelic slash Celtic names. And he found a Celtic tale, and I'm probably going to butcher this, Maybon at Modron, which literally translates to son of the mother. And he used Maybon as the name. So I'll give you a little rundown on the tale. Pretty much son of the mother, or Maybon at Madron, a baby was taken from his mother and imprisoned. He was eventually released by a hero named Colwitch, who had to seek Maybon's help for another quest. And that's after after which um, Coolwitch kind of he got the girl and became a hero and everything was good and dandy and Maybon was established is is was established as a deity. In the book of Telesian, Maybon is a deity who travels between the upper and under realms also referred to as light and the dark realms, and was a deity of fertility, a birth, as well as death. So getting into some of the more ancient histories, as far as Maybon and just fall equinox type celebrations, a big one is the Eleusinian Mysteries. And they were a sacred harvest um, celebration from ancient Greece. And many scholars actually theorize that a lot of pagan harvest traditions are in a way descendant from these celebrations. The mysteries themselves, the and that's what they're called, literally the Eleusinian Mysteries, um, stemmed from the tale of Demeter and Persephone. So I do plan on covering both of those deities in upcoming episodes, but just in case you may not be aware, um, Persephone is what is the daughter of Demeter, who is the woman who feeds the earth. She is a goddess of harvest of land and she makes things grow. 
Well, Hades decided that he wanted to get in on that wonderful Persephone action and kidnapped her to the underworld. And Demeter was distraught, so much so that everything stopped growing because she was so upset. And when Zeus tried to get Hayes to give her up, he was like, yo, bro, I can't. She ate some pomegranate seeds from the underworld, so she's part underworld, yo. God, I hate myself. Uh, and Zeus was like, well, that's not great, but the other, so for six six months, she's got to be down here, right? And he was like, yeah, brah. Just, I'm just embracing it at this point. And Zeus was like, but she can be up in the moral realm up above out of here for six months. And he was just like, yeah. So that's, that is a really awful telling of the tale, but getting back to the Eleusinian mysteries, that's kind of like the theme, which is of things dying because of the winter months soon coming upon us. And the mysteries, that's what I'm just going to call them, the mysteries, because saying the entire thing, a little, a little too much sometimes, they were taken very seriously. And a lot of them, like a lot of the celebrations and ceremonies, still remain secret. And not a lot of scholars scholars know a lot about them. But what they do know is that the mysteries occurred about once every four years in Eleusis, which is the city where they, you know, first came to be, which is what they're named after, and lasted around nine to ten days. It always began on the full moon prior to the autumn equinox and began kind of with a procession of farmers who would carry a holy basket in a consecrated cart while exclaiming, Hail Demeter! And it's also speculated that a pregnant sow was sacrificed to Demeter. During the climax of the mysteries, a mildly sedated boy would be placed on a swing and pushed over a giant bonfire which sounds terrifying, but also pretty lit. (laughs) Lit. (laughs) Bonfire. (laughs) Anyway, um, and when (laughs) when the swing returned, a ram would have replaced the boy. Symbols of the mysteries, such as seeds and grain, are still used in modern pagan and like-minded celebrations. Another part of Maybon is what is referred to as the dying god motif. A god figure is sacrificed to the land for their people. An example of this would be Dionysus, who died when his mother, who was pregnant with him, died, but was rescued at the very last second by his father Zeus. Dionysus is the god of wine and keeper of the mysteries of the grape, which I freaking love. Another such god would be Tammuz, a Babylonian deity who died in the fields of in the fields of Babylon and was so beloved that women wept at his grave and was then later resurrected. 
In addition to the dying gong motif, these things, uh, Maybon also kind of, well, not kind of, highlights the sacrifice of leadership. A leadership figure, a representation of vegetation, must die to ensure their people's survival. For example, Osiris, whose en- whose energy gave life and therefore vegetation was killed by his brother Set, and the land no longer provided sustenance until he was resurrected by his sister wife Isis. Mabon is not just a harvest that is kind of, in a way, saying goodbye, but also about grief, which makes sense. When the god of the land dies, leadership of that land falls to the goddess, and that leads to her dis- the beginning of her descent at Samhain. Ancient Greeks sang songs of mourning as they reaped, and in ancient Egypt, the reaper would beat his chest in mourning after cutting the first few sheaves. Having a ritual scapegoat at or around the autumn equinox was also common in the ancient world. An animal or person would be chosen to represent, quote-unquote, the sins of the populace and be banished or even executed. They would be the representation of the dying god or leader sacrificing themselves for the people and the land, while also acting as an act of purification and cleansing. An old British folk song called John Barleycorn is uh, is a combination of the dying god motif and the ritual sacrifice. As the character, Barleycorn must give his blood and life to the land so that new life will grow when spring comes once again. Now, let's talk about Harvest Home. Harvest Home was... Some and in a way still is an English harvest festival that happened around the fall equinox and occurred throughout Europe, mixing work and play. It was mostly a celebration for those who worked in the farmlands, but wasn't just limited to the farmers and the reapers. Entire villagers also participated. There were games that would be played during the reaping processes, uh, uh, usually, um, these games happened around, well, during the first few sheaves or the last few sheaves being cut from a harvest. And such games were the result of the reaper's belief in a corn spirit who some saw as kind and benevolent while others feared and did not want to, well, piss them off. And this harvest home was not just, well, a, a thing of games and work, but also a feast in and of itself. And the f- dinner feast would conclude with negotiations for wages for the coming year. People in Bavaria believed that a day, a an entity called Mother Corn would punish farmers with bad crops for their sins. In Germany, reapers, reapers would drive the wolf out by hitting crops with a flail, and this was to represent evil spirits being driven out of the fields prior to the reaping. 
a big, 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 big part of Harvest Home, Fall Equinox celebrations, and Maybon back in olden times, and even today, are corn dollies. Make a corn dolly. I kind of did. I think I named him Jeffrey, but he didn't turn out the way that I wanted to, but that's okay. All right, so corn dollies. In Europe, the term corn didn't refer strictly to maize corn. It actually referred to all types of grain. So corn dolly was a figure made from grain, but could also be referred to as Melshafe, Kern Baby, which I thought was adorable, Ivy Girl, or Carline. And a lot of scholars first believed that corn dollies were mostly an old European thing. However, there is a corn dolly in the Rosicrucian Museum in San Jose, California that dates back to ancient Egypt, which implies that the corn dollies do not originate in Europe. The corn dollies themselves are a representation of the crop spirit. They could be male or female of varying ages and could be made of the first or last sheaves cut of a harvest. They could be decorated with fruits, ribbons, and other harvest plants. And they were often set at places of honor during feasts, either at the head of a table or a, a special selected place of honor. After the feast was done, they would be returned to the farmer's home, where it would be burned the next year at the harvest. They are typically kept in a hearth or in the barn. Like I said previously, wages were negotiated during this time, but also rents. Uh, Farmers held a feast of the ingathering where one of their peers would be voted as the Lord of the Harvest to represent all of them in wage negotiations. And a second in command, called the Harvest Lady, but still a man, acted as the leader in the field while the Harvest Lord was taking place in the negotiations. As Christianity slowly but surely (laughs) took over Europe, Harvest Home was divided into three feasts. One, the first being Feast of the, of the Nativity of St. Mary, celebrated September 8th. The second being the Feast of St. Michael, a.k.a. Michaelmas, celebrated September 29th. And the third, the Feast of St. Martin, a.k.a. Martinmas, Martinus, celebrated November 11th. Also, a coming into more of a modern era, a thing that is usually celebrated around this time is Pagan Pride. And Pagan Pride actually grew from a woman named Cicelina Dwyer, Dwer, Dwer, and the 1997 Pagan Awareness Lead. Uh, Albin Elfid is the name modern druids have for the uh, autumn equinox, and it literally translates to the light of the water. Alrighty. Oh man, I lost my place in my notes. Oh, there we go. 
on it again. Okay. Bodromian is celebrated by present-day Hellenic pagans and starts on the first new moon in September and lasts for nine days. This honors different harvest gods, and Bodromian is the Greek word for September. Norse pagans have have winter finding, where they offer bread and ale to Odin and other Norse gods. And pagans may refer to Mabon as the Feast of Avalon. Avalon meaning land of apples, and may have an apple harvest. Mm, excuse me, sorry I burped. For neo-pagans, Mabon is a day of personal balance. Oh goodness, I'm going to butcher this. Equinoxio de Autunno is what Italian witchcraft calls the autumn equinox. And this is when the Lord of Light becomes the Lord of Shadow. I have a nice little list of some modern harvest festivals. And I'm just going to list them off. And about around the time where they're, uh, when they're celebrated and give a tiny little information. Uh, let's go down the list. The first one being... Dozinki, which is a Polish, Polish harvest home celebrated between mid-September and late October. Ertedankenfest is actually a series of festivals in rural Germany. Uh, one that you probably recognize, Oktoberfest, is another modern harvest festival. And this one actually started on October 12, 1810. Originally as a way to celebrate the union of Prince Ludwig and Therese of Saxony Hildburghausen. A sixteen day it was a sixteen day celebration, again, to honor these two getting married, and is now primarily a place where beer is served and fairground rides and games are now popular. Kind of going a little bit away from witchcraft, we have Rosh Hashanah which is a 10-day Jewish New Year, and is a period of sharing, reflection, meditation, and repentance. One week after that is Yom Kippur, which is the highest holy day for the Jewish faith. The Jews, Jewish people seek out those whom they've sinned against and make amends. Not long after Yom Kippur is Feast of the Tabernacle also called Sukkot, which is celebrated five days after Yom Kippur. It's a feast celebrating the harvest. The harvest. <laughs> the harvest. And is followed immediately by the completion of the annual Torah reading. One that my American uh, listeners would definitely recognize is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a descendant of Harvest Home Festivals, but I bet that you don't know or would be surprised to know that aside from the United States, Canada, Liberia, and Grenada also celebrate Thanksgiving. Canada's Thanksgiving is on a weekend, is a weekend long event in September. Liberia observes it on the first Tuesday. Thursday of November, and Granada observes it mostly due to the U.S. intervening in a military coup that happened in 1983, so it's not really a holiday kind of centered around the harvest, but sort of a, a nod, a gentlemanly nod, be like a, a, tip, a tip of the cap. Now, let's talk about activities that you can do. 
You can can, freeze, pickle, or dry foods. Spend some time outside. You can also have a bonfire or make corn dollies. You could make a harvest basket, go dancing, go to a wine and beer tasting. You could watch the sunset. And I have a cute little chant that you can say while you do it. Waning sun, I feel you cooling. Waning day, I see you darkening. Cooling, darkening winter comes as the sun blazes away. And you can also watch the sunrise. And the sunrise chant I have for you is, Hail sun, light and arc, fight again against the dark. I like that. That's so cute. Mm. Spell work during this time focuses mainly on balance and laying the groundwork for the future. I have a little mojo wisdom spell for you guys. What you're going to need is a small black velvet drawstring bag, five acorns, five rose thorns, optional, the, an image of someone who represents wisdom to you, a cute little owl charm, a handful of sunflower seeds, a three-inch square of aluminum, aluminum foil, and sage essential oil. Please dilute that in olive or sunflower oil or something, please. There we go. You're going to want to put the rose thorns, if you, if you want to have them, sunflower seeds and acorns on the foil, and say, Herbs, I bless you and awaken the wisdom you have to share with me. Fold the foil in a little packet and say, Guide me to the wisest choices. Put the owl charm and the picture into the bag and say, help me see what I might miss to question until I truly understand. You then anoint the bag with a touch of the sage oil. You can keep this little bag in your pocket or purse or wherever you want to put it and anoint it once a week with the oil. I have a harvest bread recipe for you that I actually plan on making for this holiday. What you're going to need to do. Okay, first things first. Preheat your oven to 375 degrees Fahrenheit, okay? Your ingredients. You're going to want three-fourths cup of warm water, one pack activated dry yeast, one teaspoon salt, one and a half tablespoon sugar, one tablespoon vegetable shortening, a half cup of milk, three heaping cups of all-purpose all flour, and one stick butter softened. In a large bowl, pour, water, pour the warm water and slowly stir in the yeast, and continue to stir until all the yeast dissolves. Add the salt, sugar, shortening, and milk, stir well, and then add two cups of the flour. If needed, begin adding flour one tablespoon at a time until the dough chases the spoon around the bowl. You're going to want to put the dough onto a floured surface or board and knead it, adding small spoonfuls of flour as needed until the dough is soft and smooth. It should not be sticky to the touch. You're going to want to use your softened butter to butter a bowl and a bread pan. Put the dough in the buttered bowl, then turn dough, turn the dough over to grease all of the sides evenly. 
cover it and let it rise in a warm spot for one hour. After that, you're going to want to punch down the dough. And I'm not going to lie, I've never heard this term, punch down the dough. But this is something that will help release any gas bubbles that have formed during the rising process, while also helping to redistribute the yeast, the sugar, and moisture throughout the dough. After you punch down the dough, you're going to want to turn it out onto a floured board and knead it again. Form your dough into a loaf and set it in the buttered bread pan. Cover and let rise for 30 minutes. Score the, score the dough by cutting three slashes across the dough top with a knife or whatever you, utensil you want to use. No judging. Put it in the oven and bake for 45 minutes. Turn the bread out of the pan, out of the pan and let it cool. Some correspondences for Maybon. I have keywords balance, death, equality, gratitude, grief, preparation, sharing, and success. Main magical focuses for Maybon include agriculture, community, family, harmony, ground, grounding, honor, planning, public safety, and wisdom. Popular archetypes include the grieving widow, Harvest Queen, Warrior Woman, the Dying God, the Harvest Lord, and the Divine King. Popular deities around this time include Demeter, Epona, Inanna, Juno, Persephone, Yamaya, Apollo, the Green Man, Hermes, Mabon, Thor, and Toth. Colors are brown, green, orange, red, and yellow. Herbs include acorns, bay, echinacea, ivy, myrrh, sage, and yarrow. Trees include ash, elder, maple, and oak. Flowers are carnation, chrysanthemum, marigold, sunflower. Crystals, amber, golden topaz, and hematite. Essential oils, aloe, cinnamon, cedar, frankincense, myrrh, and pine. Animals include blackbirds, eagle, goose, horses, owls, and squirrels. Tarot correspondences include the empress, the hanged man, the wheel of fortune, and the world. Foods are apples, breads, carrots, grapes, nuts, oats, rye, wheat, beer, water, cider, mead, and wine. And there you have it, folks. There is Maybon. And I'm very excited for it. I plan on not only making that bread that I told you about, but I plan on making funnel cake because it's been so long since I've had funnel cake and I just really want funnel cake right now. Sorry, I had to take a drink. And yeah, I'm just really, really excited for it. I, uh, I plan on decorating my house for Halloween. I haven't done that. Usually I do that on the 1st of September, but I'm not going to lie. Work has me very, very much exhausted, and I just did not do it. Alrighty, so. Wrapping up this episode, first things first, I'm going to draw a card. And I figured since that, since Maybon is getting ever so close to Halloween, 
that I would pull from the Halloween Oracle deck by Stacey DeMarco. I'm giving a nice little shuffle here. Some nice ASMRS sound quality. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, 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 I know you do. Yeah. All right. What do we have today? Eh, come on. Oh, I like that. Cauldron. Synergy and healing. All righty, dighty, dippity doo. Let's see here. Where all things come together under pressure, flowful synergy, a new thing is created. A crucible of infinity. A typical depiction of a witch sees her standing over a boiling cauldron, slowly stirring the bubbling and mysterious contents. As she stirs the enormous enormous metal pot over the raw flames, she cackles and encants commands to all the elements, transforming the contents into something magical. Cauldrons were commonly used in ancient and medieval times for everything from nightly meal plant from the nightly meal to the making of medicines. This family crucible was usually placed within the hearth of the home, making it an essential part of the gathering of family. Much healing and nourishment came from the cauldron. Should you receive the cauldron card, it indicates the importance of combining a variety of techniques or elements to get the best result. Do not put your out. Put all your eggs in one basket. Refuse to choose a single rigid pathway when a variety of ways are there to be enjoyed and experienced. You can find your own ways to create something new. The cauldron is a deeply transformative tool. Things change once they are put under pressure. Resilience is being cultivated over time, and this means that you will be able to withstand any negative pressure much more healthily from the inside out. And there you go. I like that. I like that a lot. I feel like it has, it, it goes well with Maybon. And the last thing that we do, the next episode is going to be episode number two of Savage Spooks. And I'm going to draw a spooky topic from Pumpkin Jack to see what treats I got for you. Alrighty. Nope, 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 nope. I only want one. Dang it. One. Get off, get off, get off. Okay, got it. And what do we have here? Oh, that's, that's going to be interesting. Alright, well, that's going to be really very interesting. Alright, I look forward to it. I would like to thank all of you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk and for giving this podcast support it truly means a lot to me that you would take your precious time out of your day to listen to me talk about witchcraft and stuff i like it uh i do have a facebook page dedicated to the podcast and i was thinking of making a group but please let me know if if a group would be something that you'd be interested in I have an email, which of the gathering podcast at gmail.com. And I also have an Instagram, which of the gathering 
on that's that's my name, which is the gathering, on Insta. So go follow me there, where I post usually post uh, daily drawings and stuff like that. I uh, I've taken the past couple of days off just because I've been a bit run down and needing to restore. And I think I'm going to continue that until Monday, just to give myself a nice little break. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. It's nice. It's good to have daily practices, but don't be ashamed if you need a break from even the smallest daily practice, because sometimes you need that. Anyway, I just want to thank you once again, and I hope that you all are doing well, and I hope that you have a marvelously magical Monday. Bye-bye, my lovelies. Crumbs, crumbs, crumbs.